PointClickFish.com. Your connection to the saltwater fishing community brings you Saltwater Fishing Radio. Are you a professional tournament angler, fishing captain, or novice angler looking to learn from the pros? Listen to live discussions from some of the best in the industry, the biggest TV fishing stars, interviews with captains, sponsors, and fishing teams. Your trusted source for the latest tournament updates, industry news, and interviews. It's time to talk fishing with your host, Captain Jay. Radio show. Price, I tell you, there's something exciting we want to talk about on this podcast, and uh, we're excited to have our, our guest on. You know, Price, the owner of the Ruko had one goal to build the finest sport fish ever made. Now, that task was accomplished by Jared Bay Boatworks on today's Point Click Fish podcast. We welcome Tyler Anderson, hole number, hole number 62, the 90 foot Ruko. Price, I tell you, we're excited to bring Captain Tyler on the show today to talk to us about um, that amazing platform and also what what the team is up to. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great uh, chance to talk to Tyler, learn more about the boat and what these guys are up to. And uh, if you haven't had a chance, go to Jarrett Bay's website and check out the latest video. It is amazing. It shows you this boat in action, and I can't wait to learn more about it from Tyler. Well, I tell you, let's go ahead and bring Captain Tyler Anderson on the on the line with us. Captain, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Well, I tell you, we were sitting there talking about uh, this amazing platform and what, wanted to learn a little bit about you and then obviously wanted to get into a uh, talk about that amazing machine you're the captain of. Sounds good. So, Captain Teller, tell us a little bit, a little bit about you. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm actually from, uh, from Massachusetts. I was uh, lived on Martha's Vineyard Island, off the south coast of Massachusetts, when I was very young, and then uh, moved over to Cape Cod, um, where, where I spent my, my formative years, um, middle school, high school, and um, but uh, I was always on the water. I was uh, pretty much born with a fishing rod in my hand, and working on boats was always my, uh, my summer job through, through high school and college. And uh, after college, I just, just nothing else I wanted to do. So I, I kept working on boats and um, it sort of, you know, through chance and circumstance led me to uh, working for Dr. Ralph Del Torre. And, um, and when I, not long after I went to work for him, we embarked on this massive project of building the, uh, the Haruko, the 90 foot Jarrah Bay. So when you found out that you were going to be, the captain of the Haruko. What 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 kind of went what, what went through your mind at that point? Um, well, it wasn't really a, a sudden thing. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't really get dropped on me. It was. It was really an evolution. Um, so I, I had had a lot of time to sort of process it and and see it sort of come together from um, you know the first ideas to uh, to where where it ended up. And uh, it was exciting all the way through, though. Um, my boss is a, uh, uh, really, you know, an outside the box thinker. He's, he's made his mark in the business world 
um, well, first as a heart surgeon and, and now in the business world by, by doing things a little differently, approaching things from a different angle than most people uh, would normally and, and just seeing things through a different lens. Um, and, you know, he approached this project with, with the, the same, same attitude, same approach, and uh, clearly it paid off. Um, so it was, it was exciting all along, all along the way, and, and like I said, just watching it sort of come together. Well, like you said, I mean, this project obviously didn't happen overnight. There was a lot of research and development well before anything was ever built. Um, you know, there were, there were a lot of studies done. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of entities involved to help make it what it was. Um, so you were able to help throughout that process to provide feedback through the build process at Jarrett Bank? Yeah, it was, um, uh, to be honest, I was a spectator for a lot of it. Uh, my boss has several engineering degrees and uh, it was super hands-on throughout the whole process in, in working with the guys, uh, not only at Jarrett Bay, but um, uh, Brent Savender, who was the naval architect on the, on the job. And, uh, and, you know, and he did, he set up most of the testing at the Marin Institute in Holland. Um, and it was, uh, while I was well involved in the process, um, it was really just to, I was, I was along for the ride in a lot of it, um, and it was it was it was a blast. It was really fun to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, those guys, the guys at Jarrett Bay, and then the, the whole design team outside of it just did an, an amazing job, um, sort of capturing my boss's vision and and executing it. So you said uh, you were along for the ride. Let's talk a little bit about the ride on the Haruko. What, what is it? What's it like? Oh, it's it's amazing. It's uh, it's crazy to be riding around on a ninety foot boat at at the speeds that we're going. You know, cruising at, you know, a light cruise when my boss isn't on board and I'm not really pushing the motors at all. Um, you know, we're cruising and running around at at thirty three, thirty four knots. You know, no problem. And then uh, at a normal cruise, when when my boss is on board, we're riding around at you know thirty five to thirty seven knots, depending on our fuel load. And it just uh, it just feels it's surreal to be going that fast on a boat that big. We slow down to, to 30 knots, you know, 25 knots, even or 30 knots. It just, it feels like you're hardly on a plane. Um, and as far as a sea boat, it's just really great in the city. We've put it, put it through its paces and uh, some pretty, pretty horrendous conditions. And uh, it's, it, it ate it up. It's been, been, I've, I've been impressed. You never know what you're going to get with a new boat and um, especially a 90 footer. Uh, and especially 90 footer that goes this fast, you know, anybody that's, that's been through a boat build or boat design process will tell you that, you know, when you are trying to achieve certain performance in one area, you generally have to sacrifice a little bit in another. And um, the design team on this boat did an unbelievable job of, of getting all the performance with, you know, as far as I can tell, really little, very little sacrifice in any of the other departments. Well, you know, obviously you, you've made several trips and you've fished, uh, you know, quite a few tournaments at this point. Um, you know, that's one of the big questions that everybody wants to know when they get a new boat. Um, you know, does it catch fish? And how would you say it, how, how the boat fishes and also the, the catch and fish aspect? The boat fish is great. Um, we, you know, we took it straight to Costa Rica when uh, we first got it back in December. And, um I was I was pleasantly surprised in not only you know how its fish raising capabilities, but it, and how it drove on a fish. Again, you know you're talking about a 90 foot sport fish, and and it's it sounds daunting. You know, I, I was I was wondering, man, how the heck am I going to drive this thing around on a 
a little sailfish scooting around the boat. And um, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Again, it uh, you know you need the you need the proper application of horsepower for sure, but it it will it will go where you ask it to when you ask it to go there. Um, the bow thruster is, is you know when you're driving on a fish, yeah, you need to use bow thrusters. Ninety foot boat after all, but um, between the bow thruster and uh, and the throttle, it, you know it's all you want. And so I can change directions, and, and you know we caught doubles and triples with no problem. And uh, it it actually it really really surprised me in that regard. Now I would imagine uh, on the docks and at the tournaments you get asked a lot of questions from um, the anglers and the other captains. Is is that often a topic of discussion? People wanting to know um, how it rides, how it fishes, and you know the speed. I mean, are you constantly asked questions everywhere you pull in? Yeah, well the boat the boats garnered a lot of attention for sure. It's got a, you know, as I'm sure you guys have seen, it's got a pretty strong social media presence and, and, and print, and really through every every media outlet. Um, it's in the fishing world. It's it's been uh, gotten a lot of a lot of coverage. Um, so a lot of people are aware of the boat. So yeah, I guess the short answer is yes. When um, people are excited to see the boat and talk about it, and uh, and it, uh, frankly, it doesn't bother me in the least. It's an exciting boat, and I'm happy to talk to people about it. Well, you know, one of the things that, that uh, you know, everyone that was involved in the project and in the, the Jarrett Bay team, they were really able to just push the limits of boat building to incorporate, you know, the carbon fiber aspect and lighten, uh, lighten the boat as much as they did. And, I'm, you know, it doesn't surprise me that everybody wants to talk about it because it really kind of helped put boat building, you know, kind of push it a little further along than uh, most people have seen here tradition, traditionally, particularly in the sport fishing world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's um, it was they, like uh, you know, there were some things that that they did with this boat that I, you know, I want. I even wondered how the heck it was going to make it work. Um, you know, taking a traditional cold molded hull, um, and really overbuilding it. I mean, the hull itself is just an absolute tank, um, and then pairing it with all these super light carbon fiber products, um, even carbon fiber stringers. You know, that the stringers were delivered to the boatyard on a flatbed. Um, and, you know, some of the, some of the longest stringers are over 80 feet long. And it's, uh, you know, I had, with carbon fiber being so stiff um, and, and, you know, cold molded boats having some flex to them, I just didn't know how that, how they could ever make that work. Um, but uh, they, 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 sure, they certainly did. And there hasn't been a single issue. So it's really my, my hat's off to those guys. It's pretty, it's been impressive to see. Now, if you could pick a few things on the boat that you personally that stand out to you that you like, you personally like, what what would some of those be um, that really like? Whether they're features or um, things that they added to the boat that that you particularly like yourself. Um, well, there's uh, there's a lot of things I like about the boat. The uh, the, the the just the space, the volume of the boat. It's <laughs> just. It's nice. It's comfortable. It's easy to live on with a bunch of people. We just did a, a week-long trip with, I think, 10 of us living on board, and um, it was uh, – and you never really saw crowded. So, I mean, that that is, is just – it's real nice. Um, and there's some of the, some of the features that uh, aren't necessarily for me, but um, that are, are my boss and our guests really enjoy are the, um, the bucket seats in the cockpit. Um, I don't know if you if you've noticed those, but there's – in the corner 
mezzanine. There's two seats sort of cut into the deck there, and uh, they're just great for for fishing. It gets you get a nice, comfortable place to sit where you're not sitting on a lid that somebody's trying to always trying to lift up and get a drink to get into. And um, uh, you're close to the action. My boss likes to fish, you know, the flat line, so he can sit right there and, and jump up one, two steps. He's got the flat line. A lot of times he's an older rod in that seat. Um, so that's really that's a really nice comfort feature. Um, we've got a grill in the cockpit, which is that's not unique to our boat, but it's uh, it's still a nice feature. We love nice having a hot lunch when you're offshore. Good being up on the bridge and somebody hands you up a cheeseburger. Nothing wrong with that. And um, the uh, also up on the bridge, they, uh, which is uh, pretty unique to our boat. There's a mezzanine couch on the back of the bridge, and uh, I had reservations about that initially. But um, that turned out to be a really nice feature. We've got drink boxes built into the back of it, so I can just reach that, reach across from the helm and uh, grab myself a cold water during the day. And um, it's been a really nice spot for guests to sit and, and watch the action. Um, you know, I mean, you get a good view of the bite from up there. you got a good view of people fighting the fish. And when there's fish jumping around the boat, it's really exciting for people. they got a place to be where they don't feel like they're in the way, and I don't have to shout at them to, to get, out of my, get out of my view. And, um, that's been a really nice feature on the boat. So those are those are a few of the things. Guys, still with me? Hey, guys, I'm back. We had a, a power surge here oh. in the studio, so I don't know if you guys are still here or not. Just wanted to touch base. I'm I'm still here. Right. Yeah, sorry about that. I, we had a power surge here, and it knocked out the, the whole studio. So my apologies. No problem. But uh, you were, when when I got cut off, you were talking about the, uh, the bucket seats on the bridge. Yep, we uh, the, the bucket seats are down in the cockpit, and um, those have uh, those have been a real nice seat for my for the guests. My boss actually likes it, and um, and then up on the bridge, uh, we've got a, a sort of a mezzanine couch on the back of the bridge, which is is pretty unique. I'm I'm, I'm not sure I've seen that on, on another sport fish boat, uh, not an open bridge anyway, and uh, that's been a really nice spot too guests and, and observers and, and people to just sort of sit and enjoy the enjoy the day, enjoy the view, enjoy the action. You got a really good view of, of the spread. You can you know, it's a fun spot to see a bite from. And um there's drink boxes on the back of it, which is nice. I can just sort of reach across and grab myself a cold drink at any point during the day and uh that's that's been a really nice feature. I thought it was gonna be more of more in my way, uh than it than it turned out to be. Um so it's it's I've I've enjoyed having that there. Um, so those are a couple of things about the boat that are moving the lightweight and the speed uh, that uh, that have been enjoyable for people. Well, that is now, awesome. you obviously said you've been... Uh, talk to us... Go ahead, Bryce. Oh, I was going to say, uh, talk to us about uh, y'all's tournament travel. What do you guys do uh, tournament-wise? I see you guys travel all over the world. What, what, how far do you guys travel for tournaments? Um, so we, we did a lot of running around this spring. We, uh, we fished the Los Buenos Triple Crown series this winter in Costa Rica. And then, uh, as soon as that was over, uh, we 
friend out of Panama and did a short trip, um, not for a tournament, just a, a fun trip in the Las Perlas Islands of Panama. And then um, as soon as that was over, we, we shot through the canal and um, up to North Carolina. A little bit of work with the boat real quick and then turned around and ran to the Bahamas for the uh, custom boat shootout, which was, uh, that was, that was one of the, one of the times, as I mentioned, we put the boat through its paces. It was extremely rough this year. The conditions were horrendous, and, uh, and the boat performed great. And um, we got uh, we caught a nice blue marlin on a, on a crazy rough day and got to see how she do backing into a big sea. And um, it was, you know, that was impressive, actually. I thought we were, you know, we'd be filling the cockpit up with water, and uh, she really, really handled it really well. And Well, we, we did get my boss's feet wet, and we certainly didn't flood the cockpit out. Um, so after the uh, after the custom seat out, we went to Florida for a little bit, and then we ran down to Cuba and fished the uh, Hemingway International uh, Billfish Tournament down there, and which was fun. The fishing was pretty slow. Uh, we had a, a few bites, but um, we started pulling off a blue mile, and then we didn't have much luck there. And then right back to North Carolina, um, where we've got the boat in the yard right now, and uh, I'm going to pick it up in about two weeks and run it to Cape Cod where we spend most of our summer. And, uh, so we'll do some giant tuna fishing up here and some, some canyon fishing. And then in, uh, we, we, the 4th of July, we'll fish the world cup. Assuming there's some good water offshore, we'll fish the world cup out of here on Cape Cod. And then in the beginning of August, we'll go to ocean city, fish the white Marlin open. And then at the end of August, beginning of September, we're going to load the boat onto a ship and ship to Cabo San Marcos. And fish the uh, the Bisbees and and a couple other tournaments there in Cabo, and in October and then in November uh, we'll run the boat back to Los Buenos and Costa Rica and, and start the Triple Crown series again in January. So it's a it's a busy schedule and uh, a lot of tournaments, but uh, it's it's pretty pretty fun. Wow, that that sounds like that an impressive is- schedule and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. As uh, I tell people, we don't not a lot of grass growers on our feet. We have to keep moving. But it's it's good. My boss has got a really an, a, an insatiable appetite for for fishing and, and tournament fishing and just being on the boat. And uh, he wants to he likes seeing new places and, and doing new things. So it, it keeps the busy, keeps it moving, which is it's really you know dream schedule for a crew that wants to travel and fish. Now talk to us a little bit about the the uh, the Cuba trip. Well, I mean, obviously you said the fishing was slow, but I imagine that was pretty amazing for you guys to uh, to pull in there and, and spend some time there. It really was. Um, it was it was really it was really cool. I mean, I've I'd never been to Cuba before, and um, my boss's parents immigrated from Cuba in the '60s, and um, the name of the boat is actually the name of the town in Cuba where uh, his father is from. Um, so it was, it was what we spent a day in our late day during the tournament. We actually went to the town of Haruko and, um, and got to see where, you know, his father lived and, uh, and see the clinic, the medical clinic that his father started there and, and meet, uh, an old friend of his father's who had some pictures of a, of a car that they used to run around in together. And, uh, we'll hear some funny stories about his old man. And, uh, it was, it was really, really super cool to, to see the, that and um, just get the really just get immersed in the culture for a week and 
be in Havana and, and see the, the, you know, the classic cars driving around everywhere. It's pretty wild to see that you've got, you know, these cars from the fifties that I don't know how they keep these things running and how they keep them looking so new, but they, they, they managed to, and you see that driving down the road next to a 2018 Audi. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's just pretty wild, but, um, wonderful people, really wonderful place and, and a fantastic trip. That was, that was a lot of fun. That's really cool with the tie-in to the name uh, of the hometown, uh, what, you know, where his father lived. And uh, that's, that's a really cool story to be able to take the boat back um, to the area that the boat's named after. That, that's, that's really neat. Yeah, it was. It was, it was really cool. It was a really, really meaningful trip for my boss, obviously, and uh, really enjoyable for me to, to be able to be a part of it. I tell you, Price, I mean, like you said, we, we, we posted that uh, tip of the spear um, video that Jarrett Bay released, I think it was yesterday or today, um, and it kind of goes through some of those aspects of the boat being built. And uh, from my understanding is the uh, the shafts are titanium. Is that correct? That is correct, yep. That was uh, – <laughs> I can't believe it. My boss told me they were going to do that. Um but uh, that's you know that's the level of his commitment to getting this boat to, to reach performance numbers that he was trying to achieve. Um, there was you know no stone left unturned. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I, I saw that video as well. And you know, as I mentioned in the video, the weight savings was well over a thousand pounds um, by using titanium instead of uh, instead of traditional steel. And uh, I, you know, I, I said to my boss, I said, well, "Who the hell is going to make titanium shafts for us?" He goes, "You won't believe it." Yes, I go NASA. He goes, well, yeah, one of their contractors. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good point. Who makes titanium shafts? I mean, imagine that, yeah, you know, yeah, the companies are limit, limited that do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there was one. They, they found somebody that could do it. But um, that was, you know, <laughs> pretty wild. And, and there were lots of moments like that for uh, for the JRP guys and, and the, uh, the rest of the the design team from a boss would give them a task and they'd be like, well, how the hell are we going to do that? And, and, uh, and to, to all their credits, you know, they found a way. They, they found the contractors, they found the subs, they, they, uh, they got it done. Whatever crazy well, idea he came even, up with. They, uh, <laughs> well, well, that's even in the video, they, they, they discussed the um, carbon fiber toilets as well. Who makes carbon fiber toilets? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I, I I figured that was going to have to be a custom item, but uh, again, the Jerry Bates team, uh, I think it was Chad Voorhees, found a uh, a contractor a sub in Italy um, that, for one reason or another, manufactures carbon fiber toilets. I think they I think the toilet itself weighs they each weigh six pounds. It's insane. It's like picking wow. up a box of litter, litter, a bunch of litter envelopes. But that you know that just shows the level of commitment of everybody involved to find these resources, to find these companies, uh, you know, to make this as light as it is. Obviously, you know, the, the horsepower is limited, but yet you cut corners on, or really not cut corners, but lighten the load with the materials, right? So you're not using traditional wood, you know, you're not using traditional. Um, even the they were saying even the stone is lightweight stone for the bathrooms or marble, which was stone or marble. It's like lightweight. Yeah to help lighten yep. the load there. Yeah, I think, you know, traditional, um, and, and maybe I'm, I'm not sure I have the numbers exactly correct here, but it's, uh, for, for the sake of argument, if um, 
you know, standard sort of uh, stone with a honeycomb backing is quarter inch. They went with eighth or, or I don't think it's 60th. I think it's eighth inch um, stone on top of the, you know, the core backing. And uh, so it's, yeah, extremely light. You know, there was a, one of my boss's sort of mantras throughout the, the bill was, you know, ounces equal pounds. And um, so they were, you know, anywhere that they could pull, you know, even ounces, no, never mind pounds, talking ounces out of the boat, um, they did. You know, the uh, our helm chairs on the bridge are are made from carbon fiber. They're um, so you know we take get that the uh, helm chair is made of wood and it's stainless steel and it's heavy. So they um, they tasked Pompanet with uh, creating you know making tooling up and making these carbon fiber helm chairs and, uh, and they did. And then uh, Josh Everett built painted them to look like teak. And so our you know a helm chair that would normally weigh I don't even know what seventy five hundred pounds something like that is. Um, I don't know what the exact weight is, but I think they, they saved, you know, 50 pounds a chair or something like that. And there's there's examples like that all throughout the boat. I mean, everywhere you look, there's there's weight tables. And, you know, it added up, and it, it worked. <laughs> now, obviously, with with the weight of, of the boat, when you first started running the Haruko, um, did you notice anything different the way it handled or, um, you know, it, because, of that, because of the weight difference, did you notice – anything from traditional sport fish boats? Um, yeah, I mean, for, it's not nothing drastic, but, uh, you know, having spent a lifetime on the water, um, it you can feel it, you know, sort of under your feet and, and the way the boat rides to the water. Um, we had a uh, we had a 70 Darlington, which was a, a really comfortable riding boat, um, but uh, at 78 feet it, with a traditional build, um, it weighed in, you know, slightly more than, than this 90-footer weighs. And that boat rode heavy. It felt heavy. You could feel it pushing through the water. And uh, and this, this Jarrett Bay boat um, doesn't have that feel. It, you know, it's comfortable. It, it rides well in the sea, but it feels you can just kind of you have that feel of you're sort of riding on the water instead of plowing through it, yeah, if, if you get my meaning. Yeah, it, I mean it's it, it's an amazing work of art that everybody's been able to do, and uh, you know we've been following the build and, and watch it as it's been going through when it was uh, the initial project that they started, and then obviously they they released the build, and it, it's been amazing to follow it and then to learn the story behind the boat. I mean that's fascinating how everybody had to go to the such lengths to to build it, to plan it, to design it to test it. I mean, there, there's just so much involved with it. And uh, it's, it's amazing what, what uh, everybody's been able to do. And I know Jarrett Bay is, is thrilled with how it's, you know, how it's performed and how it turned out. And it, it's awesome to hear you um, from the person that runs the boat, um, you know, kind of share your experiences with the Haruko. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. Um, I'm very lucky to be a part of the process and, uh, that they're a really great team there at Jarrett Bay, and, and uh, it was it was fun to be a part of. And uh, it was fun to watch it get built, and, and now to get to run around and fish it is uh, <laughs> obviously even better. Well, I'll tell you, Captain Tyler, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show to talk to us about things that are going on, and we look forward to having you on and following up with you after that uh, awesome tournament schedule that you guys have coming up. I mean, you guys are going to be going all over the place. Yeah, yep. It's gonna. We're looking forward to it. We've got a lot, a lot of big things on the horizon, and 
lots of travel and, and lots of places to be. So it's going to be going to be an exciting year. Well, we look forward to following the progress and uh, taking the time to join us on the podcast this afternoon. All right, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right, thanks a lot. We look forward to having you back on. I know. Forward to it also. Take care. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bryce, Captain Tyler Anderson, the captain of the 90-foot Haruko. I tell you, these guys, um, what a platform to ride on, to go to work every day, to go fish tournaments, to travel the, the world, the country. I mean, one of the most technologically advanced sport fishing boats ever. I mean, they took, uh, you know, traditional boat building uh, materials, lightened it, combined it with carbon fiber, titanium shafts. I mean, you name it, these guys thought of it. Like you said, they tested the whole, um, what do you say, Holland. Uh, there was a, a company that did some tank testing for the hull and the design and it's just amazing what goes into it. So we've, it's been fun to watch. Um, but, you know, Jarrett Bay obviously is a partner of ours, and we have been thrilled to watch their ability to make this 90-foot masterpiece. Yeah, you know, we're very fortunate. I mean, you know, uh, people that don't know, we're based out of Moorhead City, North Carolina, and we are very fortunate to have some of the world's best boat builders uh, located here in the Carolinas. And if you go to their website and just look at the craftsmanship that they do with their work, I mean, it is amazing. And I mean, we are very proud to be working with Jet Bain and having them as a partner. And, uh, you know, this is just a prime example of their quality of, of work and what they can do. Yeah, it's amazing. Randy and the team, um, you know, they started out from a small shop in Williston, North Carolina on Jarrett Bay, which is that's where they got their name. Um, now they're located in, in Beaufort, North Carolina, and uh, they've got a beautiful yard there, and obviously Jarrett Bay Boat Works itself is there, but they also have a big uh, boat and service yard. Um, but it's amazing. Like you said, it's, it's right here in our backyard. Uh, you know, as most people know that listen to the podcast, we're based out of Moorhead City, um, which is right next to Beaufort, so we, we know Randy and the team very well, um, but it's it's amazing uh, the, the Downey's craftsmanship to see it go on a world national level um, and people to talk about the craftsmanship that's done here uh, in Eastern North Carolina. Yeah. If you ever have a chance to see any of these boats, uh, if, you, if you're traveling, I mean, these boats, when you see them in person, it's kind of, it's one thing seeing them on, you know, social media and on websites and, I don't think you truly understand the size of these type boats until you're there in person and watching the boat back in or coming into the docks. I mean, it is impressive. It is one of the most coolest things that you will ever see is to see a boat like that, you know, come into the docks. I mean, obviously, uh, when that happens, you'll see large crowds coming, uh, you know, people taking pictures, and uh, they're impressive in person. It is. I mean, you know, it, a 90-foot sport fish is a large sport fish, um, you know, and, and it, it's an impressive sight to see. I mean, it is it, it is impressive. So if you get the opportunity to see the Haruko, um, take the opportunity to see it. It's amazing. Um, it sounds like uh, it, they're, they're not going to be in one place too long, though. Um, with a schedule like that, those guys are going to be uh, on the water quite a bit. Uh, going from location to location, but um, 
I tell you, it's amazing. Log on to Point Click Fish, you can see. Uh, you can see um, there, if you click on Boat Builders, there's a link to Jarrett Bay where you can see uh, the videos for the Haruko, and there's also an interior um, gallery as well. Um, click on that and take a look at it. If you have not seen the boat or the interior, you need to take a look at it. It is it is impressive. Yeah, we'll have more features from Jarrett Bay on our website throughout the year. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, Jay, I think we'll be doing more shows with more captains and owners uh, about their Jarrett Bay boats, which we're excited about. And obviously the tournaments that we go to, we cover a lot of billfish tournaments, and we'll see those Jarrett Bay boats at these tournaments as well. Well, as our listeners know, the season's really kicking in for us now. We, we're going to be extremely busy in the weeks coming up, so look forward to some of this podcast uh, live from the tournaments and also on our Thursday nights as well. Uh, we're, we're cranking things up. The content's rolling because the fish are biting, and that's something that we always do when the tournament season kicks up. So does the podcast and everything else that we do. But once again, thanks, thanks to Captain Tyler Anderson for joining us the captain of the Jarrett Bay Boatworks, 90 Haruko. I tell you, it's a good opportunity to uh, sign off here, Price, and uh, look forward to getting back here on the airwaves with everybody to connect them to the fishing industry. And, uh, guys, make sure you join us on pointclickfish.com, and uh, you'll see a newsletter function on there. Make sure you sign up. Uh, Make sure you sign up on the newsletter. Uh, That way you can get information, news, and updates of where we will be when we go to these tournaments as well. So, Price, I think it's time to sign off for us and look forward to seeing everybody on the water or on pointclickfish.com. you enjoyed today's show for more information show notes updates or to join the saltwater fishing community visit pointclickfish.com don't forget to catch live streams and future shows at saltwaterfishingradio.com until next time thanks for listening stay safe on the water and tight lines